my worst day clean and all my baggage and self-hatred and disgust was a million times better than my best day using because it was absolute living hell. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never my best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. I think one of the biggest downsides to social media today is that you only see where people are at right now. Especially with a new person, if you just go onto their profile, you're basically seeing all the highlights of exactly what they're doing today. We don't get to see the backstory or anything like that. My guest this week, Stephanie McConnell, has a hell of a backstory. She is now co-owner of CrossFit Reconstructed. She's a great master's CrossFit athlete. She's doing all these things at a super high level, but this story that it took to get there is incredibly powerful. I think Steph does a great job of opening up and just being incredibly vulnerable on the podcast. It was um, it was really powerful conversation. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it and hopefully take something away from it. I guess like the intimidation factor of CrossFit, we'll start there. And uh, I think like even when when I got into it, probably 2017, when I first saw it, I was watching ESPN and it came through and it was probably on at like 11 o'clock at night, but you see all these dudes who are jacked and they're just like lifting an insane amount of weight. But I think that's like so far from what the average gym looks like when you step into a gym for the first time. Yeah. I think it's like the opposite, actually. It's like um, you get to that level eventually, like some people do, not the games level, but, you know, where you're lifting heavier and, and going at a higher intensity. But I know for me, when I first started, it was all about like, I was just scared that it was going to be too hard. And um, I think the, the key factor in that is making sure that, okay, so coach needs to meet you where you're, where you're at and uh, make sure that you're not dead when you leave. So I just try to like take it super slow, make sure they understand the mechanics and then can, you know, show them consistently before we add the intensity. So mechanics, consistency, intensity is kind of our motto when, when we um, have free trials and new members. Um, and we've seen really great results from that in movement pattern and progress. So you may be with the empty barbell or PVC learning the barbell movements for a month. And that pays off so much. You don't learn bad movement patterns. You don't learn bad habit habits. Um, you, you learn good form and in, in, pro, in the proper way. So I think that's really, really important instead of just throwing someone in and saying, all right, you're going to do this, move, this, this workout and, and you're going to die. Like that's not the point. The point is not to die. Like you're not supposed to be dead after every single workout. Do you feel like you ever have to slow people down like for a longer period of time to say like, I know you, you gave the example, like you might be on the empty barbell for a month, but what if it's somebody who's maybe hasn't worked out in years? Is that something where you could say, Hey, you might be on the empty bar for three months or for six months and that's okay. Because, because yeah. like you're also in the business of getting results too. So like if people aren't seeing results quickly, it's like how 
far do you want to take the mechanics and get everything perfect versus like starting to where people are going to notice changes in their body too? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I think it's like, that's kind of the art of coaching. You have to like really take it on an individual basis and see like, are they ready for this yet? Can they pick it up a little bit? Um, and it's really, you know, a, a one-on-one case by case scenario. Some people pick it up faster than others. Some people um, need more time, but I think you can get a really good workout and a really good um, stimulus with a light barbell or, or uh, a med ball or dumbbells in place of like, you know, barbell snatches or heavy barbell snatches. Um, So it's all about, you know, creating the same stimulus um, as the RX workout that's on the board for all of the scaled athletes and, and knowing how to modify. And I think that's just something that really just takes experience. And I've learned over the years of experience of coaching and getting to know athletes. I'd love to just kind of hear how you got into CrossFit in the first place and then how uh, your transition into coaching, what that's been like. So can we just start at the beginning 13 years ago when you found CrossFit and, and kind of shift into the coaching sure. world too? Yeah. So 13 years ago, I said no to CrossFit, hard no, um, never tried it. And then, um, a few years later, I was sneakily introduced to CrossFit. I didn't know I was doing it. So first of all, I'm a recovering addict. I got clean, um, in 2008 and I started, um, slowly, uh, learning how to take care of myself. So uh, spent a couple of years not taking care of myself. And then, and I was a smoker, I quit smoking. Um, so I'm like next kind of natural progression, go start exercising. So I was doing like exercise in my parents' basement and then I'd start bike riding and I just started doing all these things. Eventually got a gym membership. Didn't know what the hell I was doing at the gym. Like, I'm just, you know, I don't even know how to use these machines. So I got a personal trainer. My personal trainer, um, was training me in CrossFit and I had no idea. Like I, he, he didn't tell me that he was just giving me CrossFit workouts, which is pretty genius. Um, I do that to people a lot as well. Um, cause I probably would have been like, no, I don't want to do that. So I got really, really fit, like came from like, just, you know, not exercising at all and running a little bit or biking a little bit to doing that. And, um, years later, so long story short, I stopped training with him. Um, that was in Maryland. I moved to Delaware and I started, uh, looking for a gym that had spinning cause I love spinning. So I found this gym that had spinning and they also had CrossFit. Um, it was like this, it was a gym, um, with machines, like a typical gym. And then they had this like weird CrossFit setup on their lower, lower level had another trainer and he was like, you should do CrossFit. You should do CrossFit. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to do CrossFit. And I had a friend that was always trying to get me to do CrossFit because she loved it. And, um, I was that girl that was like, no, I don't want to get too big. (laughs) And, uh, and now I, I like hear people say that. I'm like, I used to be like that. So it took me a while, but I finally tried it. Um, and I basically, after day one, I was hooked and never looked back after that. Um, so regularly started doing CrossFit, you know, five days a week, whatever, six, seven days a week. Um, I was working in retail at the time. Um, so I was a store manager of like a $12 million store, uh, 
at uh, Burlington in Newark. So that's how I ended up in Delaware. Um, worked crazy hours, just like all the time, six, seven days a week. Kind of liked my job. It was good money. Um, it just kind of like kept falling into my lap. I kept getting promoted, uh, kept getting raises, um, ended up at a different one in Wilmington and it just wasn't going well and changed bosses. Things started really like getting bad, like a toxic environment for me. I really was unhappy. I was getting sick a lot cause I was working so much, uh, still working out all the time. Um, and just kind of things progressed where, um, I had to leave and like, it was kind of mutual. Like I couldn't do it anymore. Like this is not, I'm not, I'm very, very unhappy. I'm always sick. I was like very, very sick all the time due to stress and lack of sleep and unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Um, so I resigned uh, and I got a severance package. So I was, had like basically just jumping off a cliff, like don't know what I'm going to do, but I think this is the right thing to do. And if it's not, I'll go get another job in retail because I'm pretty good at it. So, um, I reached out to the place that I originally started doing CrossFit and I was like, Hey, do you guys need any help? I didn't have a level one, had no, um, professional training at all. And they were like, sure, come, come work for us. I'm like, all right. So I started uh, doing like a couple classes a week. Um, and I know this is like so against the rules, but whatever, it worked. Um, and I eventually got my level one. So uh, for all those. Yeah, now, crazy, now you have insurance and everything yeah. now, so you're good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I, that's how I started. Um and it was really scary. It was like, you know, making this major salary, having health benefits, having like, I was paid vacation. Like it was all, it was all set very comfortable to not having anything. And I was good for like maybe three or four months, like with my severance. Um, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do after that. Like, I'm just not going to spend a dime until then, like the bare necessities. And and so basically, um, you know, I took it slow, started, I, I was just like, I'll do, I'll work the front desk. I'll take this client. I'll, I'll clean the floors. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, and so by doing that, I was just willing to do anything they wanted me to do. And the people there were just so cool. I love them all. Um, they just kept giving me like, Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you want to do that? I'm like, absolutely. I'll do it. Um, do you want to set up a table here and promote us? I'm like, absolutely. I'll do whatever. It was like seven bucks at eight bucks an hour, but I did it. And, um, eventually by doing that and just taking every opportunity I could find, um, I started working a lot more. I got a lot more clients. I get, I got more hours. Um, I'd sit there and I, I'd like stress. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to make this work on this income? I'd like crunch numbers and literally every time I started getting really stressed out and worked up about it, a text would come through and they'd be like, Hey, do you want to try this? Do you want this client? I'm like, you know what? I need to just stop worrying about it. It's out of my hands. I'm on the right path. And this is definitely the right thing to do. So, um, I got the opportunity to coach at black ops fitness 
And then um, I was a member here at Reconstructed. Once I got my level one, they were happy to have me start coaching here. So I was coaching at three different places and just hustling. I was taking clients left and right. Um, and yeah, it just worked out. So uh, eventually, um, you know, the COVID stuff happened. The CrossFit shut down at the place I originally started at and I condensed. So I became full-time uh, at Reconstructed, part-time at Black Ops. And then just recently I acquired uh, co-ownership of Reconstructed. So it's just been like one thing after another of leading me down this path of coaching and ownership. And it's been a dream come true. It's been amazing. It's been really, really cool. That's awesome. I definitely want to break down like a lot of that story. I think there's so many different ways we can take it. I, I want to go back to like when you were first getting clean, because I know you post you post like a decent amount. You're very open on Instagram, which I think is really cool. But I don't know you super well. I would just love to like get into what led you to get clean and, and kind of what that process even looked like. All right. So, um, and yeah, I like, I, I, I'm an open book with it. So, um, I might overshare, but I'm totally, I think the more you talk about it, um, the more people I can help. So, um, I, I got clean because I was, I had basically nothing left. Um, like you look at me now and, and you would never, ever, I don't recognize, recognize who I was back then. I didn't, I was a shell of myself and I can say that I hated myself. I was miserable. I hurt pretty much everyone that I cared about, including myself. Um, I was homeless, had no job. Um, my, I had been in jail many times, arrested many, many times, um, psych wards two or three times. Um, you name it. It was like jails, tons of institutions, uh, suicide, one suicide attempt. Um, and that was just over the course of like 14 years of using. Um, so I got to the point where it was, pretty bad it was looking pretty bad like any day I was like today might be the day I die um and I, I wasn't necessarily trying to kill myself but that's just where I was headed I, I was like I knew um I had been to um a program um so I had been clean I had been to rehab I had a taste of what I should be doing and it almost made it worse. So I would get clean for a while and then relapse and get clean for a while and then relapse. And every time you relapse, it's, it's worse. Um, you have this moment of like, or like a week of like freedom where you're not controlled by the drugs and then you use again. It's like all that goes out the window and you're just a slave and you're, it's this vicious cycle of, how am I going to get more? What am I going to do? Like you're just living hour to hour and surviving. Um, so I ended up in a psych ward. My parents kicked me out. I was running around with this dude. Um, they, I had been to the psych ward before I got out. They called the police and told them um, I was a harm to myself and others. So the police came and got me, took me to the psych ward and I was pissed. And, um, 
somehow like something happened and I got out and um, like I called my parents to tell them like F you, your plan didn't work. Like they were just trying to help me. And I was just like such a bitch to them. And my dad, um, <clears throat> he begged and pleaded with me to let him pick me up and take me to get help. And every, it was an out-of-body experience. Everything in me was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm like fighting tooth and nail. And for some reason I said, yes. Like it was like someone speaking through me because I didn't want to go. Um, so, and it was like, it's just all kind of a blur. Um, I took like everything I had. I wasn't like in danger of overdosing. I just wanted to make sure that I was high when I went. So I took everything I had. He came and got me uh, and took me to um, a place called uh, Northwood Health, Health Systems. It's kind of like an inpatient outpatient rehab facility. And he took me there that night. And then they took me to a um, crisis unit the next day. And the crisis unit was not a rehab. It was like a place for homeless, runaway, mental problems, like people that are psychotic. So, I, you know, I fit right in there. Um, and I stayed there. That was uh, December 11th of 2007. And that's like the most important date of my entire life because that's even more important than my clean date because um, I call that my surrender date because that was the day that I just kind of gave up and gave in and accepted the help that was being offered to me. Um, so I went to this place and I got on um, detox medication. That was my thing. I was like, I'm not going through this again. I'm not going through withdrawals. I'll just use again or I'll kill myself. It's too much pain. It's miserable. So I got on the on the detox medication, stayed there for a month, um, was there for Christmas, and my family came to visit me uh, for Christmas. Um, and I got out, and the first thing I did, like I had all these connections uh, with it, at the program I was in. So I had a sponsor, I had friends um, that were all rooting for me. So I knew exactly where I needed to go when I got out. Um, I got out, and I had um, inpatient or outpatient treatment. I think I had it every day. Um, and I went to meetings twice a day. Um, I got a sponsor and I just started doing what they told me. I'm like, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. Just I'll do whatever you say at this point. And so I did and it worked. And I've been, um, I was on the medication for six months. So I say my clean date is after that. So my clean date is in August of the following year. Um, and I'm because I wasn't really exactly sure when I got off it. I just wanted to be sure. Um, and so I've been clean ever since then. And it's been uh, 14 years, almost 15. It'll be 15 in August. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, even like, so I live in Westchester and there's, there's, a, there's a small homeless population, but I think when you see when you see these people like sometimes i'll see um there's like one spanish dude who always walks around he's got like a big beard and stuff and i'll see him like smoking bowls in the just in the stairwells and stuff and just sleeping randomly and it's like what do you do with that like it, and i think so many people just get left behind because it's like yeah most people don't make it yeah like like where are this dude's parents like 
yeah. what are the cops yep. doing with him? And and like you said, that you were at this point where it's like you're just going to do whatever you're going to do to get high, and that's the next like two or three hours is probably like you're that's all you think about your entire existence. All day, every day. That's all you think about is just how am I going to get more? How am I going to maintain? How am I going to get the money to buy it? And it's like, um, you know, most people. So way back when, like, I didn't know any better. Like, I didn't know. And that's that's the thing is. I just thought that I was there was no hope of changing. And I just thought I was a really bad person. I'm like, that's just how my life is going to be. I I didn't know there was a program. I didn't know that I had a disease. Um, when I went to rehab and they told me like, you're not a bad person. You have the disease of addiction. I was like, what? I'm like, Oh my God. Like, seriously. Like I had so much guilt and shame and I hated myself because of the things that I did. And I just thought I, I had just turned bad. I wasn't raised. I, my parents are amazing. I didn't have a bad childhood. I had an amazing childhood. Uh, I had loving, supportive parents. I have two younger brothers that are great. I don't have this tragic childhood story. I don't have any abuse. I don't have any of that. I just, you know, took this path. And I thought like, okay, I was a good person one time and now I'm a bad person and I can't change that. And I've done so much irreparable damage that you just like get sucked into this black hole of despair. And it's not easy to get out of. It's like, it's most people don't get out of it. And that's the the shitty thing. And I have so many friends that didn't make it like they're dead. They either killed themselves or overdosed or whatever. And it's just, that's the reality of it. And I believe that it was 100% a miracle that I'm still here. And I'm not religious at all but i do believe in you know uh, a power greater than myself um and there was people like my family obviously my parents my uncle um there was a nun sister constance that was she would go on these like trips to croatia and pray for me like the top of a mountain like and pray for me and i don't think it's a coincidence it's like something happened and you know i don't know what it is but it it happened and i'm very grateful for it it wasn't me it wasn't like i was like oh no i'm just gonna stop today it was definitely something greater than myself so how how long does it take to to forgive yourself at that point because i'm sure it's not overnight somebody tells you you know you have this disease it's an addiction. It's not like something that you can control, but like how long did it feel like till you forgave yourself? So there's some stuff that just kind of like, if you, it'll like creep back in, you know, I'll just like randomly remember something and I get this pit in my stomach. Right. So while I've forgiven myself, it's still there. It's like some things I'm like, Oh, like I can't believe I did that all of a sudden, you know, but there is, um, I did a lot of work on myself, a lot of really like probably more work than a therapist would have done. Like it's, it's called step work. So it's a 12 steps and I did them. Well, I had, I started over, I did steps one through seven, then started over cause I was, um, dishonest about being on the detox medication. 
Um, so my sponsor had me start all the way back at step one, which was amazing. The best thing that could have happened. And I still have the same sponsor today. Um, but it takes some really intense work and you have to do it with a sponsor because if you don't, it's like, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing it without someone that could relate to me because it's kind of dangerous. It's like, you're opening up some shit. It's like you're getting into the, the really deep, dark stuff and the why and the how and what you did. And you basically, um, list every single thing you ever did that you can possibly possibly remember and some of the stuff um you would never try to make amends for because you obviously ripped off a drug dealer you're not going to go contact that drug dealer you know so if it's like a harm to yourself or others you're not going to go make that amends um but basically i make i forgive myself by making amends at every opportunity that i can and i I feel like I did the most harm to my parents. So uh, my sponsor told me once I have to take um, every opportunity that I can to do nice things for them or every chance that I get or, or go out of my way um, to do stuff for them because of all the terrible things I did for them or did to them. Um, so I just try to live like that and do the next right thing. And that gives me enough peace, you know, to not hate myself every day. It's like, and the things that I do, I'm a good person now and I don't lie and I don't cheat and I don't steal. And I, I genuinely love myself. Um, and I take really good care of myself now. And I think that's part of it because I just trash myself for so long. Um, so I have the opportunity now to eat well and exercise and treat my body well and my mind well. Um, so that's part of the process too, in forgiving myself and taking care of myself. But I mean, I would say like years, it just took years and years to really, it's like not something that you can rush. <clears throat> and, um, I was actually just talking to someone that's struggling a couple of days ago and they're like, yeah, I think I'm going to be good. Like really fast. I'm like, all right, good luck with that. Like you got to be patient. You know, it's like, I was in pain and suffering for a very long time. Um, but it was better than using it's like my worst day clean and all my baggage and self-hatred and disgust was a million times better than my best day using. Cause it was absolute living hell. Wow. And then, and then you have that experience being clean and then going back and, and relapsing. And I guess, do you have like the, you know what it's like to be clean and you kind of, you feel guilty because you're, you're doing it again. Like you have this path that, you know, you're supposed to be on. And then, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like any addiction that people have like pornography or whatever it is. Like you kind of have that in the back of your mind. Like I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And it's like, I made a choice. Like once, once you, pick up a drug or whatever your addiction is, the choice goes out the window. You're basically controlled by that drug until you stop. So you have like, once you get clean and are removed from your, the thing you're addicted to, you have the freedom in that moment in that day when you wake up or whatever to make a choice. And that is the most important thing. That's like, I get to wake up and make a choice today. 
when I'm using, I don't get that choice. I'm just a slave. I just do whatever I got to do to get one more and relapsing. Like it's not fun. It's awful because you know, like I just threw that away. Like I had a chance and I completely ruined it. And then there's guilt and there's shame and there's more self-hatred and you don't even get high. It's like, it's not even fun. You're like, this is, why did I do this? And now you have to stay high because you don't want to go through withdrawals again and you don't know what else to do. And it's just, it's just never ending. And, and that's why people like just keep using. And, and it's really, if you don't know there's a better way, it's all, I mean, it's the chances of just waking up one day and saying, Oh, I'm just going to stop are like very, very little to none. If you're a true addict, like if you have the disease of addiction, and then, so you start getting, getting healthier. Like, first of all, you go to rehab and stuff and you get clean. That's like the most important thing. But when do you start taking care of your body and like, you know, quitting cigarettes and, and really starting to work out? Like how long was that on the process? I want to say it was about probably like three to five years in. Um, yeah, I think it was about three. I, I know smoking was a really tough thing. And it was after, so I quit smoking first. And then after that, probably like a year or so after that is when I started exercising and just kind of slowly progressed. Because from what I know about 12-step programs, my mom's in uh, AA, and uh, they don't necessarily, like the main focus is on just not drinking. It's not like take all these areas of your life and improve I mean, obviously the most important thing is like not drinking or not doing drugs, but, but there's not necessarily this huge emphasis on building healthy habits and, and getting rid of other bad stuff that you could be doing to your body. There's none. There's, they don't like really talk about it and it's sad. Um, there, I, I mean, that's, I know like the for the mo- the biggest priority is yeah stay clean one day at a time and i feel like that's kind of what the program is geared towards um and that's super important and that there's like so much value in that um but yeah there's nothing really talking about how important it is you know to exercise and and take care of yourself and eat well and i think a lot of people get to that point but it's not something that's like taught necessarily or it's not really part of the program. Yeah, and that, I mean, that could be even in bigger addiction. Like, imagine people who are walking around, like, feeling bloated all day, drinking soda, eat McDonald's, and, like, you can't feel good when you're doing that all the time. But it's, I mean, like we were talking about beforehand, it's all, it's consistency. You're not going to, you're not going to eat a salad one time and be like, oh, my God, I feel amazing. I'm going to stop eating McDonald's. It's like this slow process that you have to do every single day and you have to constantly make harder choices than the easier ones. Yeah. When I first got clean, I was, so when I was using, it was just anything I could afford. Like I didn't really eat that much. I probably weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet. So when I got clean, it was like the opposite. It was like, I'm going to eat fruit roll-ups and, uh, pancakes and french toast and drink i used to drink like six cans of coke a day 
um, like the biggest caramel macchiato at Starbucks I could find. I mean, it was just all sugar, like all day. And I gained, and I would eat like, I remember I was working in retail. Um, I worked at a mall in uh, right outside of Baltimore and they had, you know, Burger King and like all these fat, I used to eat Burger King like every day. And I remember my heart rate would go up. I'd be like, oh my God, what is that? Like, that doesn't feel so good. I'd be, or I'd have like Chick-fil-A with a milkshake um, and, and like tons and tons of candy. I lived off of candy. I was like a fiend for candy. Like I'd eat a pack of Starburst a day. And yeah, it didn't, did not feel good. I, my, some of my employees would come up to me and grab my, my midsection and be like, oh, you need to cut back. I'm like, oh my God, you know, that's not a good feeling at all. Cause I had never, ever had a weight problem in my life. I was always the opposite. So yeah, I got sick of that pretty fast. I can't imagine somebody, somebody doing that today though. <laughs> like grabbing somebody's waist you're you're gone so fast yeah, you can't no. do that anymore no. even if it even if it might like help them but i'm sure like you know, obviously making people like feel guilty about being overweight is never gonna make a difference yeah they were my i mean we just had that kind of relationship i, I was their boss too. it was funny it was like just giving each other a hard time but yeah yeah so i mean like you you have this this past life where it's just indulgence and, and drugs and everything. And then it's like, now you're just living this disciplined life and coaching. I think it's easy too to like, look at the outside and you say, you're part owner of a gym, you're doing all these things that you really love to do. So people might look at you right now and be like, she always had this or like this came easy to her. And it, and it does like you're, you know, you're winning competitions, you're really fit, you look good. And people might walk into the gym the first day and say, Oh, look at Steph. And then it's like, you have all this beforehand that people don't even know about. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely cause I do that to people. I'm like, Oh, they're super fit. They've always been that way. Um, so I definitely have not always been that way. And like, I do believe that, you know, people that did gymnastics when they were younger, like they have a huge advantage and that's amazing. And I wish I had done that, but I didn't. Um, I played sports in high school or whatever, but I, I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. Um, and so everything that I do now, I try to tell people, I'm like, I had to work for years on this. Like it took me years to get a muscle up. It took me years to learn how to handstand walk. I didn't like some people can just get up there and do it like no problem. And I'm always very envious of them. And I think that's amazing, but I am not one of those people. So even now, like I still have to train that stuff every single week or I lose it. Like I am not a natural gymnast at all. I would say that my na my natural strength is, is strength. I can lift heavy shit. Like I, I picked that up very quickly and I got strong quickly. Um, but the the conditioning, the aerobic capacity, the engine, the gymnastics, all those things that you need in CrossFit, other than strength, I have to work really, really hard at. And if I don't use it, I lose it. Like it goes pretty fast. And I, it's taken um, just years and years and years of practice and consistency 
to maintain those things and learn how to do them. And I'm still learning. Like I, I have a lot of work to do and I, I love it. I think it's, you know, if I wasn't enjoying my training in the process, I couldn't do it. I definitely couldn't do it. Like I work out alone every day. Um, there might be someone here at open gym, but it's basically just me and the music. And, um, you know, that gets really tough sometimes. And if, like I said, if I didn't enjoy it, then I couldn't do it every day. There's no way. But I think, um, you know, the reason why I just like seeing, you know, I came from just this broken person that couldn't do anything. Like I had to relearn how to do everything. I, I couldn't take care of myself. I didn't know how to do, I couldn't do laundry. I was like day-to-day -day hygiene. Um, I was that person begging for money in the median. Like I held up a sign and did that. From that to being able to do the things that my body does, and sometimes I take that for granted. I take that for granted a lot, but saying that out loud and just putting that into perspective, like I am so grateful that not only am I not dead, but that I have the ability to do these things. And it's kind of like, how far can I take it? Like you get a taste of this and I want more, like kind of a constant challenge. And it's like, that's the addict in me. Just, I just want more. I just want more. I want to see how far I can go. I want to see how fast I can do this. I want to see how many of these I can do. Want to see like PRs are really really fun and few and far between these days. But when I do something like lift heavier than ever before, like oh, you know what more can I do? So I think that is, you know, part of that addict personality for me is that constant push and strive to do more and see what I can do. I mean, I think you have to have that to be an athlete, as far as like if you want to take something to a high level, you're just going to have to, I mean, if you do something and you're satisfied with yourself, like that's, yeah, you're done. You're like, okay, that must be, yeah, it, it must yeah. feel good to be like, yeah. wow, I deadlifted, I deadlifted 300 and that's like the most I can ever do. And like, if you feel that way, then great. But I think like any athlete is going to say, Hey, I want 305. I want 315. I want 320. And they keep constantly pushing it. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's like the, the athlete that just comes in here and they just want to stay fit. You know, they're like, I, I really, I'm just here to stay healthy. And, you know, there's that, that competitive level that a lot of us have, but it's definitely not a requirement. Like you can just come in here and, and work out three or four days a week and, and be super fit and healthy for life and just kind of maintain your fitness. So there's that aspect to it too, I think. Yeah, I know Steve, when uh, when he came on the podcast, he talked about that, like just being prepared for life. And yeah, like, exactly. That looks like training three, four days a week. It doesn't look like you have to hit PRs all the time or you have to crush the open or quarterfinals. Like you can you can get really healthy and just do this and maintain. But Absolutely, you, yeah. You always got to be doing something. Yes, yeah, for sure. So out of – out of the hats you wear as, as far as being an athlete, being a coach, being a gym owner, what's, what's your favorite one? What, what really lights you up? Um, well, surprisingly, none of the above, but the nutrition, I'm also a nutrition coach. Um, and I, I think that might be my favorite out of all of them. Um, I love coaching. Obviously I love gym ownership. Um, 
Actually, I mean, if I, being an athlete, I think being a competitive athlete, that's what lights me up the most and get, and I have the most passion about. Um, so yeah, being an athlete for now anyway, like being, being competitive and, and seeing how far I can go. Um, and like, so the first competition that I, uh, did really well in, um, I surprised myself and I was, I was like, I'd be happy with like top five or top 10. And I got, um, second place in that competition. And that was like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was really cool because I surprised myself and, um, there was just this feeling like it wasn't even about the podium or like the pictures or the, or the money or the prize or anything. It was just a sense of like, my, my, I trusted my training. I did the work and this is what I got out of it. So I got a little taste of like, you know, what the result of that, you know, cause before it was just like a local comp here and there and like never getting first place and never really like, it was just always like partner work, part, partner comps or like second place, third place, fourth place or whatever. And just doing it by myself and knowing that I just had me to rely on, it wasn't a partner comp, um, like was a big deal for me. And that really kind of lit a fire in me. So that's why I keep pursuing that. Yeah. Do you have a hard cutoff at all? I just didn't know if people are coming into the gym or anything. Uh, 3.30. Okay. Maybe. Okay, if they, I don't know if anybody signed up, but. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So, okay. So you go to this competition. That was the Masters Fitness Collective, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so. Oh, no, no, no. Th- that was the fittest experience. I'm sorry. So fittest experience in Texas was the first one. And then um, MFCC was the second one where I got first place RX. Okay. Oh, so you got second fittest experience. Second. Yeah. Wow. That was the, the fittest. Or yeah. FTX was, or TFX was second place. And then MFCC was first place. So there was RX and Elite. Um, so I got first place RX division. Okay. Do you have something that would be successful? Like you qualify for the games or you go to semifinals. Is there like something where you would not call it quits, but just be like, okay, this is this is as far as I'm going to go? Or like what does what even games. success look like? Okay. Games, yeah. Um and like, who knows? Like if I, if I did make it, like, would I want to do it again? I don't know, but that would be pretty cool. So next, my, my goal has always been like, so last year I ended up 56 in the world in my age group in quarterfinals. So the cutoff is top 30 to make it to semifinals. So it was close, but not that close. Um, but just enough where I'm like, can I move up 26 spots? Like, what do I need to do to move up 26 spots? So that's what I'm working on now. And it sounds like if you make it to the games, you would, you know, be like, okay, can I place top 10? Can I place top five? Like, it's kind of, and you have to have that. And then when that goes away, maybe like it's time to put all your focus into coaching. 100%. Yeah. And like this, it's been, um, the past few months or maybe I don't even know how long I I've been struggling with that. Like my, like, do I really want to be doing this? Is this what I, you know? And I, I think it was my training. I was not enjoying the process. Um, and I, 
I definitely, there was just a lot of stuff going on. I had a lot of stuff going on, you know, the, taking over the gym, like the gym ownership process, like just a lot of stuff, nothing bad, all really good things. Um, but my focus kind of shifted and I was burnt out, like totally burnt out. Um, so I made some changes and I'm like 100% pumped up, ready to go. I'm in it again because I made those changes. Like if these changes don't work, then, you know, I'll reconsider. Um, but I'm back to loving my training every day. I love it. And that's the most important thing for me. Like, it's not the outcome. It's not necessarily like that top spot. Yeah, that, that would be great. But if I'm not enjoying my day to day, then what's the point? Like, if I'm not having fun doing this, I don't want to do it anymore. So once it becomes not fun and not every day is fun, I'm not having a party every day, but I am, you know, like I was at a point where I was like having, so I would train six days a week and I would have five bad days. Like, that's not okay. Right. And I'm like, something is wrong. Like, is it me? Like my, is my body, I just can't do this anymore. And I'm like, every day is just a bad day. I feel like shit every day. And now the past, since I've made these changes every day, like has been so much, I can say, and I'm keeping track. I write down when I have a good day. And it's mostly good days now. I know I'm going to have a bad day now and then, and that's okay. But they, I need to have more bad, more good days than bad days. And like, I'll have a great day and a good day and a good day and a not so good day. And I'm okay with that. I see it in weightlifting a lot where people are coaching athletes and then they try to compete themselves. And it, I think like being a coach and I'm sure being in the gym all day, it's not just, you're not just in the gym by yourself and it's like, oh, you're doing a Metcon here, you're taking a break to eat, like, you have other shit going on. And, like, that takes mental capacity. Like, any time that you're spent coaching or, you know, doing the books or doing anything that's gym-related, that's mental stress on you. So that has to come from somewhere else. So, like, being an athlete, a lot of times you'll see in weightlifting where coaches will coach multiple people and then they'll compete it's really hard to have a good day Ooh, yeah. and like feel good yes. because you have all this mental energy of you're coaching people and it, they're only thinking about themselves and it, it's mental stress. And then you have to go in and try to perform your best and you probably are at 80, 90% capacity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I've been recently like hearing like this kind of struck a nerve with me is this term decision, decision fatigue. Um, and my nutrition coach was, you know, talking about it before the open. It's like, remove as many decisions as you possibly can, like get help, you know, um, take as much of the decision-making out of it beforehand as you can. And I didn't really do that. Like I kind of, I did the best I could, but um, I, I just, that's what it was. So basically I'm following a program that is not catered to me. Um, it's just, it's, uh, it's an awesome program, but I have to spend a lot of time every day, like an hour a day, just figuring out what the hell I'm going to do. I'm like, I can't do all of this. I don't have enough time to do all of this. So I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do. And I can't quite do that many muscle ups. So I got to figure out how to scale it so that I can actually get a good workout. In. And then I have to figure out, do I have enough time to do the weightlifting? Do I have enough time to do the conditioning? So I would spend more time 
like planning and figuring this shit out than actually working out. And by the time I'm like done, I'm like, I don't even want to work out. I'm done. Like, so I hired someone to tell me what to do every day. And it's been the best thing. Like that's what, that's the change that I made. So I have an individualized program and it's there. I do it. I don't have to think about it. I just, and they know my, you know, my limitations. So they're not telling me to do 40 muscle ups and I can't do that. It's like, you're doing this many cause that's what you're capable of. And they know my goals and it's been, uh, I think three or four weeks and I just feel like a new person. I'm not just, I'm not exhausted all the time. I'm not, um, I, I have so much more energy in my training and outside of training as well. Um, I know like athletes come in to CrossFit because they want to be told what to do. It's like, you have a coach. It's going to tell you exactly what to do if you don't know. And I'm like, why do I think I'm different than that? You know, I'm, that's why I started this. Um, so yeah, it was a really much needed change and it's been an absolute game changer. I don't know why I didn't do it a long time ago. There's a lot of reasons, but finally did it. So Yeah, I think a lot of people are finding that out, like the the individualized route is the way to go. There's a lot of really good programs, but like how, how many things do you have to modify? And it's not playing into account your sleep, your stress levels, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's tough, like. You're trying. You're trying to do all these things well, and it, like, how many can you actually do well? Yeah, and it was like, also, um, you know, it's a it's a generic program for the general population. So it's like, here's your target time, and then you know, so I would I would go kill myself in this workout and be like, man, I did really really well. I crushed that. And then I go look at the target time, and I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't. You know, I'm like. I'm a failure. So there was like all that too. And that is just so toxic. It's not, it's not a good place to be in mentally every day when you're like looking at that. And I didn't even look at the leaderboard. Like you can look at the leaderboard. I stopped looking like a long time ago. Cause I know half of it's bullshit and I don't even know these people. So why am I looking, you know, it's like pointless to look at. And it was, it was basically just the you know, com- comparing myself to myself and what I'm supposed, what I think I'm supposed to be accomplishing as opposed to like just giving it my best and being happy with that. And I say like, every time I go into a competition um, or a test, like the open, for example, or a quarterfinals test, um, as long as I did my best and I didn't dog it or leave anything on the table, if I gave it my full effort, then I'm happy. Like if I came out of that workout, like I did my best. That's all I could have done. I don't think I could have done any better. I tried as hard as I could. Then I'm happy. That's my ideal workout. Whether I got first place or hundredth place. I think more people in CrossFit need to have that mindset because I think it, yeah, it, it is so easy to get. Yeah, it took years to learn that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely learned that over time. And it's like, it's it definitely takes time to figure that out. Years 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 so yeah yeah the lead i mean the leaderboard is is a good thing like you have something to compare yourself and and where you're at but also i mean if you're eighteen thousandth place versus twenty two thousand plates does it really make a difference right right yeah and i think the open is like a really great way to measure your progress and not look at other people's like like you said 
that those thousand places don't really matter unless you're like getting way worse then maybe the, there needs to be a change or something. Like if your goal is to get a little better every year, and I see, I see people like that couldn't do anything RX, do RX, like for the whole open. I'm like, that is a huge accomplishment. Like that's amazing. And, or going up a like a few percentile, like going from the 50th percentile to the 60th is a huge accomplishment. And um, I think that's a really great tool that we have as a community um, is that is, as far as the open is, is seeing those results. And also every year, you know, it exposes your weaknesses and you can't run and you can't hide. And the only thing you can do is just start training those things or continue to train those things and work on them consistently and just keep showing up. Yeah. And I think, obviously as a, as a coach every day, like you have the opportunity to have those conversations where your members trust you and you can, you know, you can, you can say that like the leaderboard doesn't really matter. Maybe that seeps into one or two people per time. And you know, there, I'm sure there's probably people listening to this who are like, I really sucked in the open. And then maybe they hear you and like, okay, it doesn't really matter how I actually finish, but let me look at the positive things that I did. I was able to do the RX weight or I was able to finish that workout when I didn't think I could have. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, and I've, I've been doing the open, I think, I don't know, eight years. That, that might've been my eighth or ninth one this past one. And you, I have done all of it. I've done the comparing. I mean, I had a mental breakdown one time, like, why am I doing this? This girl did so much better than me and I know I'm better than her. And it's just like, it's just mindset. It's all mindset. And you kind of just, I learned through experience. And, um, you know, when I get into those places, there's this book that I read. It's my go-to. It's called The, the Invictus Mindset. Um, and it just kind of brings me back down to earth. and like, and it's just all about creating your own fate, like, and, and your mindset and how much your mindset impacts everything you do. Like my, I wasn't performing well because I had a shitty mindset and I was, I was exhausted mentally. And once that changed in my mindset, I'm like positive and, and happy. Um, it just makes all the difference. And I think, um, you know, comparing yourself to other people in a way that, you know, you're like constantly trying to one up or um, just look at them every single day um, isn't necessarily healthy. Um, I think, you know, friendly competition and, and using that person's score as kind of like a gauge of like, you know, we're similar athletes. So I could maybe I could have the same time as them. Like she did that in five minutes. Maybe I can come close to that. Uh, and having like, you know, if you're a competitive athlete, I think it's important to train with others that are better than you. So you can progress and, and have people that are, that are going to push you. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that, but I think there's, there's like great ways to be competitive and or healthy ways to be competitive and very unhealthy ways to be competitive. And I think like one of the things um, that's really important is, you know, encouraging and supporting our, 
our, our fellow athletes. And I think we do a really good job of that here. There's like, no matter who you are during the open, you're like whole gym's going to be cheering for you, whether you're getting your first toe to bar or you're like trying to get into quarterfinals. And there's not really, I mean, there, there's some rivalries and stuff like that, but it's just such a beautiful thing to watch. You know, people support each other and cheer each other on. I have no room to talk because I did, I did one open and I switched to Olympic weightlifting after I looked at the leaderboard and realized how bad I was. (laughs) But, uh, cool. Well, I think this has been fun. My computer's uh, about to die here, so we should wrap up. I just want to... Uh, give you an opportunity where can people follow you on Instagram or, or go to their your gym if they want to support you in person all right so we are CrossFit Reconstructed um, the website is cfreconstructed.com um, we're on Instagram cfreconstructed my Instagram is at stephaniemc9 and I also have another page don't ask me why it's Steph Fitness and Nutrition Um, I am a nutrition coach, so you can hit me up for that as well. Um, But that is, yeah, that's all the ways you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this. And thanks for telling your story and really being open and vulnerable. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having me.